Hey everyone, and welcome back to Bitcoin Magazine's Weekly Bits Podcast, the show where we discuss the articles you see on our homepage in more detail. Before we start with this week's episode, I want to remind you about the upcoming Bitcoin 2020 conference. It will be held in San Francisco on March 27th and 28th. It's got speakers from throughout the Bitcoin sphere, including Nick Zabo and Tony Hawk. Plus, there will be a lightning-powered arcade, exhibitor booths, an art gallery, and a lot more that hasn't been announced yet. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit Bitcoin2020Conference.com. Today's episode is extra special because I'm joined by Aaron Von Wordham, Bitcoin Magazine's technical editor, and it's all-around resident expert, Twitter influencer, spiritual guide, and, and lots of other hats. Aaron, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, where are you calling in from today? Hey, Peter. Uh, I'm in Utrecht. That's where I'm based these days. What's, what's, what's a spiritual guide? I like it. <laughs> I don't know. I think just like, you know, whenever we're... Uh, writing, firing off tweets, having Slack convos. Sometimes I just think to myself, well, what would Aaron do? And in that sense, I, I think of you as a spiritual guy. Yeah, that will get you the right answer most <laughs> of the time. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, so as you already know, I asked you to join me today uh, to discuss the website, website's current cover story. It's called 2020 and Beyond, Bitcoin's Potential Protocol Upgrade. So that's like a long-form story that you wrote. Um, we published earlier this week. Uh, as you note in the article intro, Bitcoin's currently in its longest ever streak without a hard fork or soft fork protocol upgrade. You do put an asterisk on there. If people are interested, they can go read that, that minor note. But um, that streak is currently at two years. And you acknowledge and kind of the thrust of the article is that 2020 may or may not actually bring you know, such a change, bring that streak to an end. Um, so before we dive into that, what do you think like this current streak really says about where Bitcoin is at now in its history? Um, I don't know. I think there's different ways to look at it. Well, one way to look at it is just we had segregated witness, of course, in 2017, and that was a big protocol upgrade. So that took a lot of time and energy from Bitcoin's most active developers. And there just aren't that many developers competent enough to write consensus level changes right so once segwit was done it's kind of kind of goes without saying that there's not going to be another protocol upgrade next week because all these guys that were working on segwit you know takes the time to come up with something new right so that's one reason um the other reason may be that it has to do with the ossification of the protocol i'm not sure if that's really the case here but it's certainly expected that as time goes by, it's going to be harder and harder to change the protocol because it's specifically the consensus layer, because it's going to be harder and harder to find consensus over you know which which uh, changes are desirable and which aren't. And SegWit was hard enough, so over time that may be an, maybe a factor why we see less and less consensus level upgrades. I'm not sure if that's the case here. I, I would say it's mostly just you know there's a limited number of developers capable and they were all very busy on SegWit. So then it takes the time for something else to come around. Yeah. I mean, do you think a streak like this, could you say if it seems good, bad, or indifferent for Bitcoin? And I ask because something like SegWit was so dramatic. I think ultimately a lot of us believe it was important and positive for Bitcoin, but to maybe some more 
like newbie Bitcoiners, maybe it seems like, okay, the protocol's in great shape. There aren't these big dramatic changes and like major upgrades with lots of debate would maybe hurt its perception. Or on the flip side of that, maybe they're like, Bitcoin's really stagnant and it's not getting improved. Like it's a technology that's not evolving. Um, do you feel like there's any kind of like public perception consequences to to uh, this streak? I don't know about this streak specifically. I, do, I, I personally do fall on the side where ossification on the long run is a good thing. Uh, that's what we want Bitcoin to do. We want Bitcoin to act as this sort of secure store value, gold 2.0 kind of thing. And the inability to change the protocol on a whim is an important part of that. If you can't change the protocol, even for positive things, even for uh, new futures that most people would consider upgrades, if you can't even change it for that, you can definitely not change you know, the 21 million limit or yeah. you can definitely not make change that people don't like. Uh, it also instills a lot of trust in, for example, developers building applications on the protocol that the rules won't be changed from, from beneath them. Right. So I think ossification is definitely a good thing in the long run. That said, some of the upgrades that we're that we've seen and that we could see in the near future would still be beneficial, if you ask me. Right. Um, so you know, I'll put a disclaimer before I ask this next question. Anyone who hasn't read the article and is listening right now should go ahead and go read it uh, because it is pretty detailed and technical, and I don't want to have to <laughs> cover all that ground. So I'm going to move forward here, assuming you know listeners have actually gone in and and read the thing. Um, but, I, I, you know, essentially the article covers five proposed changes to Bitcoin's protocol. You offer a bit of their history, where the ideas com come from, what they would technically mean for Bitcoin. And, you know, definitely you qualified them with some notes about like potential perceived downsides or risks they might, might bring. But in general, I mean, they all seem like, you know, if they've made your list here, they're well thought through ideas um, and they'd all be, you know, generally beneficial to the network is that fair to say aaron um yeah uh, in general yes i would say so i mean even some of the detriments that i kind of mentioned are more in the category of there may be other ways to do it or like it's not even really something wrong with the proposal just there may be a similar proposal that's slightly better for some reason so i would say yeah i, I well drive chain is something people not everyone is in love with yeah, so that, I had that question down here too that I wanted to dive into because of all the uh, potential changes you list, drive, change, uh, drive chains appeared to me to be kind of the most controversial. Uh, you've just acknowledged that, obviously. Um, why is that? Yeah, so maybe I'll start by explaining what drive chains are in short. So mm -hmm. drive chains are side chains. And so for people that don't know what side chains are, side chains are blockchains that basically have coins on them that can be packed to actual Bitcoin. So this effectively means you can move Bitcoins to an alternative, alternative blockchain where it obeys different rules. So you can have a privacy sidechain with like Zcash's rules or like an Ethereum sidechain with Ethereum smart contract stuff going on there or a big block sidechain. I think these are the examples I give in the article. Um, now, most side, all sidechains today, as you'd say, are federated, which means there's uh, a group of key holders that enforce this pack, essentially. They, they, they make that the coins can move from one chain to the other. Now, drive, change, drive chains would replace, would instead be um, secured 
and managed by miners. So then hash power, just anyone can be a Bitcoin miner, right? And then the hash power securing Bitcoin would also be securing the drive chain and kind of moving the coins back and forth. So enforcing the peg. Not everyone loves this concept because first of all, there's, I, there's two main reasons. One of them is basically the money on the side chain could be stolen by a majority of hash power. They could essentially take the coins. Now drive chain does, drive chains do have some built-in protection against this. Like it would take a long time. It would be very obvious that it's happening. But still, there's nothing technically stopping miners from stealing the coins, right? Um, unless you know, user Bitcoin users are willing to. While they see it as happening, they would have to deploy a user-activated soft fork to stop these coins from moving. Or, but this, you know, it gets it's a bit sticky there. Uh, and then the other argument would be that miners, Bitcoin miners, don't really have a choice but to support the sidechain to mine the sidechain which would come with extra overhead and it would be, um, so for example, if you'd have a big block side chain with, with uh, well, big blocks, so a lot of data to process, which costs resources. Um, if miners don't really have a choice but to support this, then only miners with a lot of res- resources can still mine Bitcoin, which could have a centralizing effect. So there's some caffeines there, there are some reasons why drive chains are somewhat controversial. Right. And I mean, of the five you've mentioned, you know, drive chains seems like a particularly controversial um, potential change, one that uh, still has some probably debate to go on. But of the others that you've mentioned... Drive chain probably has to, well, will have the hardest time to get implemented into Bitcoin Core, which is right. also what Paul Storch himself expects. He's one of the developers, the main developer, I'd say. Between, uh, behind drive chain he he's not sure if it's going to be implemented by bitcoin core so then it could still be implemented through an alternative uh implementation but that's never really happened before on bitcoin like so far soft forks have basically always gone through bitcoin core there are some weird exceptions during the segwit activation right i would say Stop. it's probably going to warrant its own uh full-length article you know uh from you and when if and when you know yeah exactly yeah i've never written a full article on drive chain before but i'll i'm kind of waiting for it to actually be ready enough so i'm but that will eventually come for sure of the other potential protocol changes you list in the article are there any you'd highlight as feeling like you know, I also I'll qualify that, you know, we, we did say these are potential changes. We could see some of them in 2020, maybe none of them in 2020, but they seem all like, you know, uh, potential for the near future. Are there any that seem a little bit closer to actually being implemented or making more progress towards fruition than, than the others? Yeah. So for all of these protocol upgrades, um, it means that, first of all, developers have to find consensus to implement it in the code. Right. And most likely the Bitcoin core code base. Uh, and then, but even then, it would maybe require a majority of hash power, or maybe users would have to, for sure, users would have to download the software and run it. But, um, it's, you know, this is, as you know, this has a bit of a history of, there's been different ways of activating soft forks. And there's still some debate on 
what the best way is. Should it be left up to miners or not? Should there be sort of a deadline if miners don't do it that it gets activated right. automatically no, if, no if enough for, people run it? Yeah, there's no way of knowing for sure if and when and how any of these would, would get implemented. Yeah, it would definitely require user support as well. Right. But to answer your question, I think Taproot is the one that has... So Snore, Taproot, TapScript, that's, that's the upgrade that definitely seems to have the most um, developer resources on it right now. Most, most energy put towards getting that one out there. So out of these, I would say that's, that would probably have to be the first one before anything else. Mm-hmm. Maybe the great consensus cleanup. I don't know what's this, what the status of that is. I think the status right now is kind of in a wait and see sort of mode. Taproot seems to have the most um, progress on a, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis. So I would say that's probably the first one we'll see proposed. Yep. And uh, this kind of rolls into the next question I have written down here. I just know from working with you that um, more than, you know, probably any other editor I've ever worked on, you know, I, I use this idea of an editorial hat. So I'll put it on to be as objective as possible. But when I take it off, you know, that's when I'll offer my opinion on uh, certain certain stories. I would say your editorial hat is almost like it seems like it's part of a hat you wear more completely frequently, almost like sewn onto your head to some degree. I think that's a great thing. This is all complimentary. Um, So this question might be a little bit harder for you than it would be for some of my other guests. But if you can take that editorial hat off for for a moment, are there any kind of proposed changes that you personally would find the most exciting? That if you were to advocate for like, let's go ahead and um, push this protocol change forward, are you comfortable saying, you know, one of these on this list is is one of Aaron's favorites. Uh, well, Taproot is uh, pretty amazing. There's mm-hmm. th- that seems to have only. I I don't see any real detriments to Taproot, and it's uh, you know it would benefit privacy, it would benefit efficiency. Um, it's a it's a just a super clever idea. Um, yeah, I really like Taproot, but I I I'm kind of curious to see how DriveChain develops. Like if it would work, I think there's I think there's open questions about drive chain. Like right. we, we don't know if people would even trust it. You know, Paul, Paul Sorg, he believes that if drive change would go live, it would be the end of altcoins, basically. <laughs> right. right. Now I think that's probably a bit optimistic because altcoins, as far as I am concerned, they ex- they exist just for speculation. Like that's the, that's the main reason they exist in the first place. Right. And I don't think people are going to stop speculating on. On, on on these altcoins right. but um i think it would be interesting to see i i I'd, I'd be very interested to see what happens if something like drive chain comes along see if people use it see if it actually starts competing with some of these these altcoins that offer similar benefits um see if people trust it see if people are willing to put their money on these side chains even though miners can technically take it i think it's a, it's an interesting social experiment and i think that's the one I'd be most interested in just watching what happens. Yeah, I mean, I feel like the my favorite thing about this article is it's kind of like a top five potential protocol changes to watch list, you know? So I think to some extent, several of these are on my radar. But this well, there, there, the, the selection was basically consensus level changes that are actually right. being worked on. 
So there's other the other types of protocol chains on different levels, like peer-to-peer -peer changes. Uh, Dandelion, if that's how you pronounce it, is would be an example. So these are specifically consensus level upgrades that people are actually working on and that could be ready and proposed in 2020. Yeah, I uh, so I think like, please keep us posted, Aaron. Uh, I look forward to hearing more as you hear more about, um, you know, when these things are worth reporting on again. Um, but before I let you go here, is there anything else you wanted to share about this recent article uh, with our listeners? Um, no, not particularly. I think this is, like you mentioned, this is definitely a type of article you should probably read because it's hard to get the same level of information across through audio. And in some cases, we didn't even try. So yeah, <laughs> definitely. Read, read the article. Yeah, go read it, everyone. Uh, thanks so much for joining me, Aaron. Um, can you remind everyone where to find you and your work online? Besides Bitcoin Magazine? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, so my Twitter handle is uh, Aaron Van W. And you have a podcast as well, uh, isn't that right? I have a Dutch language podcast, yeah. Okay. So, so for, for any Dutch listeners, it's called The Bitcoin Show. Great. Awesome. Aaron, thanks again for joining me. Have a great rest of your day, and, and we'll keep our eyes peeled on these potential protocol changes. Yep. Thanks. You too. That does it for another episode of Bitcoin Magazine's Weekly Bits podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. My name is Peter Chihuahua. You can find me on my author page on BitcoinMagazine.com and follow me on Twitter at Peter Chihuahua. That's C-H-A-W-A-G-A. -A -A. We'll be back next week. But in the meantime, please don't forget to leave us a rating and review so we can improve the show and help reach the undoctrinated no-coiners. The Bitcoin Magazine Weekly Bits podcast is a BTC Media produced podcast on the Let's Talk Bitcoin network. Thanks again to my guest for this episode, Aaron Von Wordham. This episode was produced and edited by Graham Peterson and David Hollerith. If you're interested in reading the story we discussed or others like it, check out our homepage at BitcoinMagazine.com and make sure to follow us on Twitter at Bitcoin Magazine to keep up with all the latest. You can find more engaging podcasts over at letstalkbitcoin.com and you can follow them on Twitter at the LTB Network for all the latest episodes. Be sure to subscribe to the show on the Apple Podcasts app, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time.